Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Ladies, I'm going to invite uh, Sonia and Marjorie and Joanne back up. Thank you for joining us this morning or this afternoon. It's starting well, isn't it? Um, so we're meant to be having like a conversation. Uh, it's not been scripted or anything like that. Um, and I've probably forgotten all the questions that I'm to ask the ladies. But one of the things that Joanne actually shared with us uh, last night, she showed us the pack for treating leprosy. And that actually blew my mind, Joanne, because I thought it would be something really, really complicated and all the rest, but such a simple cure that is available. So, ladies, thank you for joining us on the stage platform, whatever we want to call it. So, we're just going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, because the wonderful thing is that our God uses ordinary women. And I am married to Jeff. Uh, he has been pastor of a small church for 30 years. And uh, if you were there on Tuesday night, he was explaining about a literature ministry that he has. And when I was a little girl, I always thought I was going to the mission field. And I was, as Zach talked about, that person that when the missionaries came, I would have been wanting to go up the aisle to offer my services. And God's answer to me was, no, you're staying here. And But now, thanks to this ministry that we have of literature, little bits of me are going around the world in the form of these booklets that Jeff has written. And I'm also, ladies, I'm on the edge of my seat because my daughter-in-law is currently in the maternity hospital about to give birth to my third grandchild. So there you go. So I'm going to ask Marjorie. Tell us a night that you have to use this mic here, okay? So that's going to be passed. I have to keep my mic so that I keep you under control. Um, so Marjorie, I'm just going to ask you. It should be on. It will be on. You just... Is it? Yeah, okay. So Marjorie, you're going to tell the ladies a little bit about yourself and where you ended up. If I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Senior moments are okay. I'm all on for those. Well, my name is Marjorie Dixon, and uh, some of you already know I'm married to Colin uh, Dixon, and uh, he presently is the uh, associate minister in West Church in Bangor. Uh, but I didn't marry uh, a Presbyterian minister. Good for you. Uh, we, <laughs> we, um, the Lord and his purposes brought us together well over 30 years ago uh, when we both worked in juvenile justice. And um, we, uh, uh, marriage and ministry and missionary life have really been a joint effort. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've learned as we've gone along, trusting God for uh, each step. And uh, the mo on the most part, I would say it's been a bit of an adventure, really. Um, so, but we did, that's not to say that there haven't been challenges and uh, tests of our faith all along the way. Uh, the first major test of our faith uh, was when brought, uh, God brought us together 
uh, and I suppose really it set the foundation for the rest of our ministry life. We had to die to ourselves because there's a vast difference in our ages and uh, it was unmistakably God that was doing this because uh, we hadn't been seeking uh, to uh, find a partner and so we had to die to oh dear what will people think of us and so um, we both had a, a real passion and love for the Lord because uh, individually because he has done so much for us uh, in our own personal lives before we came together and so uh, we committed ourselves really uh, to the Lord's will and uh, really trusted him for our reputations and that was really the start of it um, so uh, for, pardon where did you end up where did we end up well we've just served uh, we've just finished six years in Jordan wow. um, and previously to that uh, we were in the Middle East before Marjorie, um, it's not exactly the place that you go. So, so how did you end up in the Middle East? The Middle Why East. there? Right. Uh, well, early on um, in our marriage, we, we realized that the Lord was doing something, that we wanted to experience something more of the Lord, something deeper, um, rather than just church on a mm -hmm. Sunday. But we didn't know what, and we didn't have any Bible college experience or training so um, Colin uh, stepped out of full-time work uh, and uh, enrolled for three years at the Belfast Bible mm -hmm. College uh, so we thought that would be a good start and then uh, we were speaking to John Brown some people might know John Brown from OM uh, we were speaking to him at the missionary convention uh, 30 years ago okay. and he suggested that we should maybe try uh, you know uh, a love Europe or a love mm -hmm. Israel or something like that now we had both visited Israel before and uh, we had a love in our heart for the country and for the people so Colin uh, went on a, a love Israel and came back and later on had a six-week placement from the Bible College in Israel so we didn't want it to be our fanciful. We thought maybe the Lord was leading us, but it's not the sort of place you want to go yeah. if it's not the Lord. It can be quite dangerous. So we didn't want it to be our fanciful sort of thinking. Mm -hmm. So we decided to approach the mission board of the Presbyterian Church. And together we explored uh, the possibility of going and they, uh, we were put in touch with lots of experienced people who prayed with us and chatted to us. And at the end, we decided, yes, it was. So we served two years then. They okay. sent us to Israel. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that sort of over this week, I have noticed different people that you have spoken to, they came out to visit you. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, they, they were opened to a world of mission mm -hmm. and inspired. So, so you know, there's been that element to your ministry yeah. as well, Marjorie, yeah. where you have been an inspiration to other mm -hmm. women and young people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to actually pass the mic there to Sonia. And Sonia, you tell all these lovely ladies a little bit about yourself too. <laughs> 
so you will notice right away, I don't <laughs> speak like you. Sorry about that. I hope you can understand. Um, I uh, grew up in Arkansas and Texas in the U.S. And at a very early age, I was at a camp. Uh, it was called a girls' auxiliary camp, which I think is maybe like the girls' brigade or something here. And we had a speaker who talked about um, in the in the whole world, all, most of the Christian resources, like Christian ministers, missionaries, were in the Christian part of the world. Now they might be in a world where there were um, there were lost people, but there were churches there already. And he challenged me when I was 10 years old, challenged all of us to think about going to a world where you would not see a church on every corner um, like you did where I grew up. And so I, I kind of say God led me to the mission field through math. Um, <laughs> um, at that point in time, in, in the Baptist church, you walk forward, you tell them of your decision, and they ask me, do you want to be um, a, a home missionary or a foreign missionary? I said, I want to be a home missionary. I'm 10 years old. <laughs> um, but uh, the Lord had other plans for me. And um, I went to university. I studied, studied advertising and marketing, um, not really very mission-minded pursuits there. Uh, I met my husband at the altar of a Baptist church uh, on a Sunday when he was walking forward after being at a youth camp and God had called him into to the ministry and my family had just moved to the town that he was at, and we were walking forward to um, become members of that church. It's what you do in the Baptist church. I don't know other churches. So we actually met each other at the altar when I was 13, and he was uh, 15, and then um, we got married when I was almost 20. <laughs> and um, God has just sent us, uh, he's taken two kids from a very small town. I'm, I mean, Bangor would be a big town where I come from. We're from towns of 10,000, 8,000 people. And we were very ordinary, but he has shown us extraordinary things in this world. Um, David and I went to Hong Kong as a couple. He taught at a university. I was a youth minister at a church there. Um, we, I was telling someone at my table that you probably know missionaries who are called to one place they get to go, they go deep, they learn the language. Some of them actually become almost a citizen of that country. Well, that has not been our path. We uh, served, like I said, in Hong Kong, went back to the States, then we served in Tunisia and Egypt with an assignment of Libyan Arabs. We took a short stint in um, England as a, we worked in a regional office, but our our most recent overseas job was in South Asia, where we directed Southern Baptist work in about seven countries and lived in India for seven years. Along the way, I have four children. Um, and uh, yeah, what else could I say? But yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm listening to that catalog and I'm thinking, you must be an uber, super spiritual girl. <laughs> No, but I have people holding the ropes and praying for me and my family and churches. My, my mother, who is um, almost 88, she came to see me in um, England because I lived in Tunisia. I was expecting twins, so our mission organization sent me to England where I had the most brutal um, 
in, interrogation about why I was coming into that country and like, do you want your kids to be, are you trying to get them to be British citizens? And I'm like, not really, I just, <laughs> the hospital in Tunis was just not equipped to, to handle a twin birth and all, but um, that aside, we've, it's much easier to go to India and these other countries, I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> um, I just, I know that I'm a weak person and I depend on the Lord. You could look at my life and you could point out mistakes and things along the way, but God, um, I don't know if you were there the other night when my husband says, God can shoot straight with a crooked stick. <laughs> we are crooked sticks and God has chosen to use us and hopefully we've just been open and said yes when we needed to. Amen. Can you pass the mic along there to uh, Joanne and Joanne? Just tell us a wee bit about, about you. We, we've heard about the leprosy mission, so why you? <laughs> um, well, I'm Joanne. Um, I uh, am married to Chris, and I have three children, um, Dylan, Ellie, and Aaron. Uh, and uh, I, as you know, work for the leprosy mission. I've worked with them for about eight years. Um, but I suppose from the age of about 16, 17, um, whenever the Lord very um, dramatically entered my life, I've always had this sense of his calling um, and um, how I thought that would have been outworked when I was 16, 17, you know, um, you kind of have these notions of things that you might do. Um, and uh, I remember um, whenever I was 18, um, you know, doing A-levels and thinking about university and stuff and going to my RE teacher at the time and him going, well, what are you going to do with your life, Joanne? And I was like, well, I'm just going to be a missionary because it says in the Bible, that's what you're supposed to do. So that's what I'm just going to do. And he was like, well, how are you going to do that? And I was like, well, I don't no, I mean, surely God will just sort that out. <laughs> uh, totally naive. And he, he started me on a journey of kind of actually exploring different things. Um, and it's wonderful to um, outwork that um, on a daily basis, but not in the way I thought it would have been outworked. Now, I, I know time is running out for us. We could chat up here. I'm enjoying this so much. I could chat to these ladies all, all afternoon. But we women are brilliant at multitasking. Um, and I was talking to Sonia, you know, I mean, we wear so many hats. We're moms, we're daughters, we're sisters, we're aunties, we're this, we're that, and all the rest. How do you cope with the challenges of, I mean, you're, you're a CEO of the leprosy mission. I mean, and there's obviously a lot of responsibility that comes with that. You're a mommy. You're getting results this morning for one of your daughters. So how do you manage all these different things that are pulling on your life? Well, I went home last night, got home about midnight, and my teenagers emerged from their rooms because they stay in their rooms all day and just grunt at you, but when it gets to about midnight, they appear, and that's when they want to talk to you. Um, so here was <laughs> I going to bed, and I said to my two teenagers, I have three kids, but two are teenagers, I said, oh, I've got this interview tomorrow, and they're going to ask me about how I manage, you know, being a mom and, you know, being a CEO and all of that there. And they just said, oh, mom, you're a disaster at that. <laughs> And I thought, well, there you are. <laughs> 
the Lord continually reminds me that I'm raising warriors and passionate children, but parenting them is a bit of a nightmare because they don't hold back. Um, but anyway, I mean, I think as, as you've said, we all, you know, juggle a hundred plates. We wear loads of different hats. Different seasons in our life require different things. Um, and, you know, I think I've probably learned the hard way, as I'm sure we all have. I think as women in particular, you know, we think that we're superwoman. Um, we like to help. We like to fix things. We like to be the one who's organizing and getting everything sorted. Um, and, you know, actually during COVID, um, you know, where personally I find things quite particularly challenging. I know we all will have had challenges. I had three kids who came home from school you know, we're being homeschooled, you know, obviously as an organization, we were going through significant challenges. Um, and I remember the Lord saying to me very clearly after about six months, um, Joanne, you are human. You are human. And it was just, it was like a light bulb moment because I think particularly as women, we take on all of these roles. Um, and sometimes we can think that we're God. We mightn't say it like that, but sometimes in the way that we act and the way that we get on, we have to be the one who does things. We have to be the one who's there or fix it or whatever. And God was like, you are human. You need time to rest. You need time to be restored. You need time. I'm the one who's God here. And it brought a lot of refreshment and restoration. How do I work it on a daily basis? I am an organized person. Um, you can't be in that my line of work and be a mom and not be organized. I have a very supportive husband whose hours are more regular. He tends to cook during the week, of which, again, my children constantly remind me that I don't do anything in the house, and actually he's the one. Um, <laughs> don't go to my house if you need any encouragement. <laughs> um, but I've got a good support network around me as well. Um, but I think over the course, particularly over the last 10 years, um, I've seen the real importance of looking after myself in the midst of all of that. And I, I don't think we're very good at it. And I certainly mm. haven't been good at it in my life. And again, I'm just trying to work it all out. But actually not to feel guilty about saying no to people. Not to feel guilty about taking time out for yourself, not to feel guilty about going for that walk. Um, so really simple things like trying to put rhythms in my life, like making sure I've got a Sabbath rest as much as possible, that there's a 24-hour period every week where actually I put the phone away, I down tools, take time out. Um, you know, I try and go on retreats a couple of times a year. The importance of friends, really close friends, two or three girls who I walk with, who we just put the world to right with. These are all really important things. And I also, over the last 10 years, have had a mentor in my life. The person has changed over the 10 years, but they have been people who I have just, you know, there's very few places in life where you can just kind of be Joanne or be yourself because often you're wearing that hat as a mom or you're wearing it as CEO and that's a real private place where there's a space for me to unload the things that I may not be able to unload them anywhere mm -hmm. else and a place where I can actually really hear God and my learning in all of that the Lord has constantly reminded me that first and foremost I am a daughter of the King first and foremost we are called to be his children and we need to sit at his feet and we need to worship and we need to enjoy him because that is what he has created us to do. The work comes afterwards. 
and we get it mixed up so often. And so I've, I suppose I'm on the journey of trying to make that work, of sitting at the feet of the Lord, whatever that looks like, and trying to draw his strength and drink deep from the waters of life, because that actually is the thing that gives me wisdom. I mean, you'll all know, we never know what happens in a day. You know, you never know what's going to come knocking at your door. There's always many things to challenge or to navigate your way through. And we need to be in step, whoever we are, whatever we're doing in life, we need to be in step with God's spirit and what it is that he would have us do in that day. Not what we think we might want to do or what others think we need to be doing, but what he would have us do that day because that is where we will know his rest and his grace and his blessing. Thank you, Joanne. Now, our time is up. We will be here. And if you want to come and talk, this is something that Sonia said, please make sure that the ladies know we'll hang about and you can talk to us. But before we go, I know we've, we've all been before the Lord about this because we care about what we say to you because we want to glorify him. So I'm going to let you all have one wee thing that you want to leave with the ladies. So I'm going to leave you mine first, and then I'm going to go to Sonia, because as you can see, Sonia can talk. <laughs> and then we'll come round. So I'm just giving you a wee bit of time. I wanted to leave with you the image of the widow and her two mites. And why do I want to leave you with that? Because I see myself in that story that Jesus told. The widow was insignificant. She was a nobody. She didn't even have a name in the story. And I very much feel like that, especially when I'm sitting with these ladies here. I do feel insignificant in a little backwater in Castle Ray. But Jesus noticed the woman. He noticed her. And she gave in two mites. That's a penny. It's nothing. And sometimes we feel that we bring nothing to the party. We don't have specialist gifts. We're just ordinary. But the master sees and he sees everything that we do in his name. And you are incredibly special to the one you're serving. That's what I want to leave with you. So, Sonia. So one of the things that um, I've been blessed to do was because my husband was often traveling when we were on the mission field. So I would be at home with my four kids in Bangalore or Tunis or wherever I was. So I was the one who got to see my kids come to the Lord. They would come to me when it was time. My youngest son, Marcus, uh, came to know the Lord in India. And uh, we had a, a man who was um, working in our home. If In India, you, you almost have a staff to make things work, but he was the one who oversaw the house because he would have to run out when the electricity was off, when the water was off, and I'm talking every day. So his name was Hanumanda. Hanumanda means joy of the monkey god. He had been born a Hindu, but uh, while we were there, he came to know Jesus as his Savior, and he was baptized on the same Sunday that my son Marcus was. About um, a few weeks ago, we got word that Hanumanda had passed away. Uh, one of our local believers in, in India said, you know, one of our first, one of the first people that we saw come to the Lord there has now passed into to the kingdom of heaven. And I'm just going to tell you that it made me so sad to hear of Hanumanda's passing, but it made me so happy to know that I would see him again. Happy and so thank you for your, your prayers and all you do for missions, because we're going to have people in heaven that are named Muhammad and Hanumanda <laughs> and Fatma and um, all these things, because you are faithful here. Thanks. Thank you.
Well, probably I would want to leave um, a thought just about the big picture. And I think that's how we would see missionary life. Uh, to take a step back uh, and to realize that life is passing very, very quickly. And the older you get, <laughs> the more you realize that. And we all only get one go at it. And uh, it's so important. Jesus did so much for us. And uh, we want to make the most of the time that we have uh, and make it count for him. Yeah, I think just there's so many situations that I find myself, you know, whether that's here in Northern Ireland or whether it's in different parts of the world. And I often kind of go, why, why me? You know, why am I here? You know, what, what right do I have? Even what right do I have to be sitting on this stage, actually? Because, um, you know, of my past and of where I've come from. And, um, you know, the Lord asks us just to come, just to come. Um, and he often doesn't call those who are able he equips those who are called. And just to encourage you all, the Lord is with you. Um, he's with you in the mundane. Um, he's with you in the highest of moments and the lowest of moments. And he equips you because he has called you by your name. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.